Hi guys, welcome back to the Revive Stronger podcast. I'm your host, as always, Steve Hall, and today I have Andy and Steph over from the WMBF UK talking about judging, uh, how they select their judges, what the judging criteria looks like, and I think there's a lot of take-homes for competitors and also coaches of competitors in this episode, so definitely listen in. There's loads of valuable take-homes. And as a reminder, if you do like the show, please do subscribe over on YouTube, give us a thumbs up, give us a comment, and give us a nice rating over on Spotify if that's where you're listening it's always appreciated and share it with anyone who you think is going to be interested so guys without further ado let's get into the show hi guys welcome back to the revive stronger podcast i'm your host as always steve hall and today i have andy and steph back on the show from the wmbf uk and today is going to be a podcast talking about judging uh, i know we had an episode out on the improvement season with pascal kind of talking about my experience as a judge but now i have the guys that run the wmbf and who invited me to become a judge which was a huge honor and so we're going to dig into that a little bit more for you guys because i think it's great to have people who have been doing this longer than I have and head judges and have a lot of experience in that sector. So I think this is going to be a really interesting chat for coaches, competitors, future competitors, anyone and the like. So I thought a good place, well, first of all, how are you guys both doing? I know we just spoke about how it's nice and warm. Me and Andy are shirt, uh, top, not topless, we're sleeveless. That's the one. Sleeveless. <laughs> now anyone who's listening to it is like, are they actually topless? They're going to check out the YouTube video. <laughs> to watch it now <laughs> i don't know use your imagination so wh- whatever you want <laughs> don't mind <laughs> to be fair we're talking to probably mostly people who are bodybuilders or that sector so i'm always like well you've seen worse like <laughs> if i'm topless it's not interesting so anyway let's kick off with uh, the first question which i had which was why do we have bo- uh, judges in bodybuilding because i think this is what makes bodybuilding a little bit unique versus other endeavors so i don't know if uh, Andy or Steph, if one of you have uh, an answer to that. Okay, I'll, I'll come in right right from the off uh, on this one. Well, first off, thanks for inviting us back on the, the show, Steve. You've always been a, a really big supporter of uh, all the things that we do. So we really do appreciate you coming on. Um, first thing, we're just going to plug the WMBF UK. Our, our next event is on the 9th of October, guys. So get your uh, entries in just now. The last event that's just gone by there, Steve, that you uh, were helping out and judge at. That was already the biggest event in natural bodybuilding this year in the UK. Um, I think it's had already double the amount of competitors that any other natural bodybuilding event has had in the UK this year. So it was a big deal. And we were super pleased with all the people that came out and supported that. Let's make, I don't know if this will be an exclusive by the time this goes out. The dates for next year's competition for anyone who's wanting to take part in that are First-timers and novice next year. It's going to be on July the 16th, 2023. So, guys, girls, get ready. Show me what you've got. First-timers, time to go up there and do it. And then the Supernaturals Championship next year will be on the 22nd of October uh, as well, both at the same places. So, uh, Camberley for the first-timers and Birmingham for the um, for the, the finals from, uh, from there. Okay, so that that's the plug. As you said right at the start, you kind of expect it. So why have judges? Well, I mean, it's a different sport from a, from other sort of sports like um, athletics, whereby we've got an actual yardstick to to measure something against, isn't it, really? And we don't have that sort of objective criteria whereby who completes the race in the fastest time or who can 
throw the, the shot putt the, the furthest or the discus. So in this case, because it's subjective in nature and we're comparing physiques, we have to sort of compare against the criteria and we need a panel of experienced judges to, uh, to kind of do it. So that's that's really the short answer uh, around that one. I don't know if you want to come in on that, uh, Steph. No, absolutely. I think we're looking to judge an individual on their relative strengths and weaknesses compared to others, if we just keep it super simple in those terms. And we do that by having uh, sort of a series of rounds, the the round one, two and three, which we'll go into, no doubt, in, in some depth today on this podcast. Um, but we're looking for judging through a criteria that's going to ensure fairness across the board and so that we can then provide thorough feedback for people to take away and really can then look at a lineup and understand, okay, that's why it was placed a certain way. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's essentially that. I think one of the things that um is worth highlighting is last year we released the scores and obviously the placings for all the competitors. And we did the same this year after the first timers event and we'll do do the same at all our other ones uh, going forward and not only do you get a placing but you get a score and that score is the um culmination of what the judges have decided on the day and that's that's quite unique because you very often don't get that from a from an actual contest uh, itself so you get your score against as Steph said the other competitors compared in your class and that just gives you that little bit more information of, of how you got on next to the uh next to the criteria. So it's, it's a very useful thing, seeing how close you were to getting the WR, maybe how far away you, you might have been. Yeah, I remember looking over those and I had the, I mean, I should be happy because of I, I placed well in a hard category, but I remember looking and being like, man, I, I thought I was way closer to the top three than, <laughs> than these scores are shown. I'm much closer to like places five, six and seven or what have you. So yeah, it's uh, I, actually, and something I wonder um, if, I just just came to my head. I know something I, uh, when I got that feedback, I was like, I don't know if you'd ever segment it from symmetry and muscularity. Would would you think about giving that feedback? Because I think I'm thinking for me personally, it would have been cool to have maybe seen that just because I have my own thoughts of what that might look like. But would that be, I imagine that might be challenging even. Do you know, do you know what? I could probably do that. I, I quite like a spreadsheet. <laughs> so, so Steve, I, I could go that far and probably put that out and then it's then it starts to become a little bit like the football results or something doesn't it it's one nil and who's scored and in what minute and stuff like that but people want that information don't they so that wouldn't be too challenging for us to do um and and that is a really useful element and to come back to one of the things that steph mentioned sorry to sort of take over the conversation steph but the rounds that's something that's kind of important and this is probably something that you noticed from the judging panel as soon as you start doing the judging yourself, you start to spot things in other shows and you go, oh, wait a minute. They're not judging this the same as that event that I went to before. They're not necessarily judging symmetry or judging it in, uh, in rounds. And there's, um, I remember years ago, if you look at like the IFPA, which is now defunct in the, uh, in the States, they only had one score. Can you imagine how difficult that would have been if you didn't have symmetry and uh, muscularity separate, and then that evening round portion, they just gave it a single score, and it, and it definitely sways things towards them rewarding certain types of physiques over uh, over other ones. So, yeah, it's, the rounds are important, the scores are important, and we could probably do that if, uh, if there's enough demand. It wouldn't be that difficult for me to do. 
Yeah, I guess. Uh, yeah, I don't want to make. <laughs> I'm going to make you have a really hard time now. You're like, oh no, Steve's <laughs> made this this uh, case for it. But I guess even something you guys do, and uh, I really appreciate is well, and being a judge, um, people have. I had, I don't know, ten to twenty people reach out to me and asking for feedback, which I really enjoyed doing because I mean I'm a coach as well, so it's like mm-hmm. I'm used to doing that sort of thing. So I really enjoyed being able to do that for people. So it's nice that you have that kind of uh, available too. So if someone wanted to know. Even without knowing that split, you can probably ask, I don't know, like, what did you think of symmetry versus muscularity? Like, the judge can probably help you there as well, I guess. Yeah, yeah, ab- absolutely. Um, one thing we did, actually, Steve, that you maybe not be aware of this because you were on the judging panel and you weren't competing this time. We gave every single competitor individual feedback from the event. Every single person got an email saying, and these five elements you are probably between one or five. Now, it was very general, the feedback, but it was a little bit of something for them to take away and go, okay, right, I need to work on that condition a little bit more or work on my posing a little bit more or, or work on my symmetry a little bit more. So we, we did that as well, in addition to, to you guys uh, being available for um, people to reach out to you and, and ask you for that little bit of uh, feedback as well. Um, I, how did you I find did, the feedback? oh sorry go on i was just gonna say i've never had that from a show um i don't believe so and i haven't often uh, i have a few times asked for feedback and it, it can be mixed i'm sure you guys as competitors mm-hmm. maybe i don't know if you've had like you've requested yeah. feedback and sometimes you're like that was helpful sometimes it's like uh, i don't know sometimes i don't i don't always find it helpful so mm-hmm. i wanted to make sure because of having had that competitive experience at least when i was giving feedback to make it useful i was kind of i had it in my head to give them kind of short-term feedback and longer term because there's some things you can do in the short term and or, or they might need things in the short term they can't simply get like way big adults or something like this yeah, it's just not going to happen in the short term because they need an off season to go and do that whereas things like their posing their tan those mm-hmm. sort of elements can definitely be improved condition that sort of thing or if there was nothing to be improved i also see saw that as feedback because some people might think oh i need to dig harder so i enjoyed giving feedback it's quite a, it's a bit of pressure um but i did mm-hmm. enjoy i enjoy doing that because again like we do this because we love it but yeah i don't know if you guys have ever had feedback you're like uh, or and how you guys find that yeah i think i think one of the pieces of feedback that um can be quite infuriating but at the same time we all know is you just need to get bigger yeah (laughs) (laughs) you know it's that kind of sentence that we all um we all know we have to get bigger it's this never-ending quest of getting bigger in, in every area isn't it but it's it it does lack that specificity that you're kind of looking for post to show that sort of helps you understand well is it everywhere do I need bigger delts do I need bigger back how are my ratios placed and I think we've come so far in bodybuilding in every aspect that I think it's only fair that the feedback process post a show levels up as well which is you know we put all this money and effort and time as individuals athletes to go down to these shows and take part in them so where can they go from there and what can the federations do to be a part of that ongoing journey? And I think that's something we're trying to level up with WMBF is being more specific in those lines. What if it's, it's maybe not directly after the show when judges do need some time to go away and reflect about, you know, all of the athletes, because you may, as you know, Steve, you know, at the first timers, we had 150 athletes walk on stage at various points. So Sometimes the initial straight after isn't always the best time to get it, um, but it's still you know worth. And there was a couple of athletes that stayed, and rightly so, because they did need feedback at that point. 
But to then go away and reflect, the judges can reflect, they can think about it, they can think about the specific questions that they maybe want to ask, and then ask those judges directly. And, and with Andrew and I, when we were putting together the feedback format to send out post the event, we wanted it to be clear so that, like you just said, conditioning wise against muscularity against symmetry there was something in that feedback that they could go away and really take on board and then coupled with of course more di dynamic feedback from the likes of yourself and the other judges and yeah. Andrew and I actually builds a picture for them to have something substantial to go away and then improve with yeah I think I um I agree with you in terms of especially it's, it's hard as a judge because a lot of the time I'm not particularly looking at faces. I'm looking at the physique mm -hmm. because obviously that's, that's what you're really judging on. So then if someone comes to me, especially if they're like fully in their like uh, clothes, they're not like, like standing yeah. in front of me posing yeah. or whatever. I'm like, I like, and they ask for feedback there. And then there's some people I can remember, maybe they're in the top five. That's a bit more memorable, but when they're kind of someone, I honestly, for a few people, I was like, honestly send me a message on Instagram along with like a photo of you on stage that will yeah. highlight like who you, like it was it's funny how just that photo and you're like oh I completely remember who you are yeah. and then you can give the feedback because yeah it can be challenging because you've seen again so many people so many faces but then basically the physique is what you're looking at yeah. so it can be hard in that moment so um yeah I just found it easier in some cases to be like just drop me a message afterwards and like I'll get back to you I mean yeah that the, the what you described there is the best way sometimes to do it is get that little picture and then um go go from there because it'd been hard and and your brain was probably fried by the end of that day anyway a little bit i was doing math as well i had to add things up and <laughs> yeah <laughs> not used to that a lot it's a lot to see. i think you hit the nail on the head with the word pressure judging is pressurizing you know you're under a time time limit you've got a lot in your hands to weigh up there might be a really large class on stage or i mean some of the classes at the first timers, I mean, all of them really were, were quite competitive. So there was a lot of call outs. There's a lot of mixing around um, and it can be a headache. It can be an absolute headache. And this is where, you know, this is where the kind of the push comes to shove with making a call. Sometimes you just, you're sitting there thinking, oh, it's so close, maybe in the muscularity round, but you have to make a decision. And then that's where then that, um, what's it called, um, average across the judges comes in and the score counting. And I'm sure we'll go into how that's actually done. Yeah, that's something I, from it being my first time and then going through the first rounds, uh, I kind of got, I don't know, I, I was, I felt like I was a bit behind and then I was like, right, I've got my feet now. I kind of know what I'm doing with, with my judging. And, but I was like, at the start, I was like, man, I just want them to freeze frame this. I'll go away <laughs> and I'll take some notes and then I'll come back and like, and then I'll, I'll give it because, uh, and because like you said, it is time pressured and it wasn't like it was a short, like you guys gave the guys time on stage, but you can't have infinite amounts of time. You have to make a, a judgment call at that point. Uh, but Andy, I don't know if you want to go through some of those elements in terms of like the different rounds that people are judged on, just so people have that kind of awareness. Oh, yeah, of course. For, for the context then, of, of course. Okay. So we've got, um, basically there's three rounds and um, some competitions will do two rounds. But you've got three rounds. You've got that first round when everyone walks out on stage um, and we go through the, the symmetry and that's those quarter turns. So we're comparing how symmetrical the, the physique is, how nice those lines are in the physique. What's, how good is your X frame at that particular point from there? This round here is not really a round where we're judging the, the conditioning of the athlete. So having those ripped glutes doesn't really help you at all in, in that round although if you are in shape you tend to have a tighter waist which 
emphasizes that better V taper, that better X frame that you've um, you've got. So that's round one. Symmetry, top to bottom, front to back from there. Some guys do really well in that round. And then when they come to the, the muscularity round, if they're not as um, symmetrical, or rather, sorry, let me let me backtrack there. If they're not as conditioned, then they're not able to display that muscularity off as well in the, the second round. So that second round is what we call round two, muscularity. We're looking more muscle size. We're looking more the conditioning of the muscle, how low is the, the body fat? levels from there and then we're judging it across the the eight mandatory poses uh, as well so the, your front double biceps and and things like that and you get a score for uh, for both those rounds now as i say in a two round competition you'll get best score from uh, the two uh, rounds put together and then you get scored based on that against all the other competitors in a three round competition you get that evening round or the routine round as uh, as then scored and, and I was saying to you off the uh, off air before we came on from there. It's very often it's a tie breaking round where people are close on a scorecard um, from there. If I ask you a question, Steve, how many ties did you have from round one and two going into round three? I I had a lot of ties. Yeah, like it was yeah. surprising how many times I had to call it like between. Yeah. and I was comfortable with the the call, but that's mm-hmm. where. Because some people might think that the evening is almost yeah, of like, like doesn't matter that much. But it's if I have a tiebreaker, the time I'm then making that final decision is now how are they in front of me in the evening? Yeah. So yeah, the, I was surprised how many times I was like, oh man, yeah. I've like sometimes there's like three people tied if if I had it in in the scoring that way. Yeah, yeah, it, it happens all the time, and you may be looking at a guy in the morning, and then uh, another guy as well in the morning, thinking right, okay, they're both very good, but you know what? I'm just going to leave it until the evening and see who compresses me in the evening and make my call. You might just go like that because you want to make the right call from there. And it happens all the time. So evening rounds are judged, um, usually when they're doing a pre-judging format and an evening format. So that's how it goes. And then the lowest score wins, essentially. So you get um, a score anywhere from uh, one to seven. That, that's how it works on uh, our scoring system. Some people go one to six. Although you were talking earlier on, you're saying, I can't imagine I'd have to do a scoring for every single place. Yeah. Some organizations do that. And that, that would be really hard for me to, to do that um, from there. So you get a score from one to seven and then the lowest score, uh, low score wins. Now, we had 16 classes. So 16 different um, times we had a scorecard out there. Um, I looked at it earlier on. And um, in terms of the perfect score, I think there was five people got a perfect score across 16 classes so like it's hard to get a perfect score <laughs> so it's really really hard to to be that undeniable athlete from there because a lot of the time you'll have first place first place first place a second place a second place a first place a first place it kind of goes like that uh, from there and then the the other element is from your seven judges or it's an uneven number you knock off the bottom score and then you knock off the top score so if you've got like a a one as your lowest score and the rest are all twos and so on. Um, and then you've got a four as maybe your highest score. That one would get knocked off. The one gets knocked off and then you get the, the remaining five scores goes into your points. Does that all make sense? It, it always makes sense more when you see it visually written yeah. down, I think, with this sort of stuff. It, it makes sense to me maybe because I did it, but yeah. <laughs> I always view it like I like that outline because I um, view like bodybuilding and like genetics, of course, is part of that. And I view it kind of like top trumps. Like yeah. some people have some things, some people don't have other things. And there's always something you can work upon there. And 
uh, something I took back. I know you, I think you might be asking me this, but in terms of like symmetry pose, you mentioned like the yeah. shredded glutes not being kind of you're not ranking condition during the symmetry rounds as a competitor. I was always so eager to show off my glutes. I yeah. extend my hips forward on like a rear relaxed. And now I'm like, actually, I looked more, I better symmetry when I had my hips yeah. extended. Yeah. And so I'm like, that's already something as for myself and my clients. Like I'm like, all right, there's a time and place to show off condition. There's a time and place to show off yeah. symmetry. So it made that much more clear for me as well. A hundred percent. That That's such a good point. With, with just the judging, people forget that you get just as many points in that round one as you get in round two. Mm. So you have to take round one as seriously as you do round two. And if you don't pose appropriately, as you say, then uh, then you lose out on, on points that you otherwise could be having. I think like a lot of people, though, especially new competitors, um, but some, some you know, seasoned competitors too, they forget to sort of research how the judging's broken down before they even get on stage anyway. So, you know, I think this is a really good conversation to have because I know a lot of athletes coming into the game, they, they get so excited about doing a competition, but then they don't actually know this whole process that we're talking about. So they, they maybe research, have a little look at the criteria, but gloss over it and, and get the posing nailed down, but don't realise quite how heavily they can place in certain areas by looking at the strength of their physique and thinking, okay, you know, I'm really symmetrical, so that's my round. I'm going to try and absolutely nail that round. I've maybe not got the maturity in my muscle bellies yet, so I'm still going to do my best there, but I probably might know where I'm strong at this current time in my physique. So it is worth really understanding how the rounds are judged in your particular division. So then you can really um, amplify your physique. I mean, I remember way back to when I started because I'm really long limbed and I'm really short bodied. So my my round's not symmetry. I have to do a lot of posing tweaks, hiding certain elements, you know, bringing my legs into position to make them look slightly smaller so I look longer in the torso, et cetera, to actually amplify my, my physique in the symmetry round. But unless you're doing that, you, you you may lose points in in that round that you're weaker. So it is worth knowing all of this. Um, we actually wrote an article, didn't we, Andrew, on the on the ProPrep website uh, and visualised showing the scorecards. So if anybody wants to go check that out, it's worthwhile having a look at. Hey, Pascal here. I just quickly wanted to remind you of our online coaching service. At Revive Stronger, we put a huge emphasis on the personal aspect of our coaching. And if you want to take your physique and knowledge to the next level, hit the link in the description below. I think that's, I th at least from my experience, certainly, I think my last, not, not last year, um, but the seasons before that, I knew the poses, but, and I knew I was hitting them by, and all I had in my mind was like muscularity and condition. That was all I had, in, or, or really mostly just condition, because I'm like, I've got the muscle I've got. Now it's about losing as much body fat as possible, hit the poses, so I show everything off. Yeah. So for me, it wasn't until like last year when I, I don't know, I just, it takes time to take things more seriously, I guess. Or yeah. maybe if you just, you haven't had the, some people just have like, they just are amazing from the get go and they just can nail everything. Whereas when a lot of competitors, most of us are closer to average and don't have those kind of just amazing symmetry, amazing muscularity. So we have to start working harder or smarter at these things. So that's when I started really tinkering with poses and everything. So uh, I think, unfortunately, there are quite a lot of people that, are ignorant to how the judging is actually done so i think this is going to be really helpful yeah and you, you've you've hit the nail on the head there it is experience does teach us but if it's if it's sport you're really passionate about you love and you want to take this a little bit further then really understanding this process 
is going to make you a better athlete as well in your training. Um, and, and of course, as we've just hit the nail on the head there with the posing and the presentation, which counts towards you showcasing your best in these rounds, there are things you can do to, to, to really hide those weaknesses in your physique and further bump yourself up to somebody who maybe hasn't done that work on the posing and presentation and might be fantastic muscle bellies on stage, but might just look really blocky and not really show themselves in the most flow. And, you know, so there's, there's a lot that goes into it rather than just showcasing muscle on stage now. And I think we're being shown that day in, day out through social media, through more education, through more stuff that's being put out there, that it's not enough now just to kind of just bring big slabs of muscle. What else are you doing with physique to really nail all three rounds? Um, so that's something that we're trying to encourage a lot more of as well as people to really understand what judging is all about, what what competition actually is, so they can be the most competitive they can be from the offset. Guess that it makes me think of that this is like the art of bodybuilding now yeah. versus like the yeah. season is kind of like the science the hard work the practice and then it's like everything I guess both of you know this better than anyone because you're posing coaches as well so you kind of really have that at the forefront of your mind but I think a lot of people um, but actually, especially as a judge but I've been at shows before that like you the posing can make a huge difference yeah. to someone's physique uh, so actually a question I had for you guys I don't know if Andy you've got anything before that but I have a question if if you don't oh, go, go for it go for it something um i think i'm gonna come against this more and more as a judge if i keep getting the opportunities to do it but and something i've always just found challenging within classes sometimes with clients and what have you is you have people who like because the muscularity round is obviously muscle size but also condition so it's kind of like sometimes you get those kind of opposite ends where you have people who are completely shredded yeah. but the muscularity is not quite there whereas you have some people at the other end who Maybe they had another five, 10 pounds to really lose to show it off, but they've got a bunch of muscle there. Have you guys, do you find this hard? And do you think this is somewhat of like a, maybe subjective to what that uh, judge likes? Or do you think there's a more objective way about going about that? It's something I've always wondered. It's, it's a great question. It's, it's really, really good. And that that's where it comes down again. You have to judge by the rounds. And and that's how you, you get the, the, the decisions you want, because that example you give, the guy who's maybe five or ten pounds to go, tens a lot, like, but, but five pounds, five pounds to go, he probably does win the symmetry round and beats your guy that's got the slabs in his condition. And then when you go into the other round, the other guy who's got the, the slabs of muscle uh, in his condition probably beats the other guy. But that guy who's got the nice symmetry, he probably doesn't place, it doesn't go probably one and two. It probably goes uh, the guy with a nice symmetry he probably ends up three or four he probably ends up further down the rankings from uh, from there because there's other guys who are ahead of them in terms of that that conditioning and we all have that sort of bias whereby we're looking at someone in that round and thinking right okay he's really good he's got great size everything's where it needs to be and everything like that but you know what you you got to lose more weight guy big guy like you you need to be a bit more conditioned and show us a little bit more um of that low body fat to place high in this particular round. And that's where that criteria comes in, whereby we're at the expectation is that we want them to have low body fat levels. And if, um, I mean, if you want to put a sort of something more objective on it, you're probably expecting at the highest levels of sort of natural bodybuilding, guys have body fat percentages in the region of around about 2.5 to sort of that 4% body fat level, really. Because that's what everyone's carrying. And if you're not carrying body fat, or if you're carrying body fat levels really higher than that, you just don't show as much muscularity as some of those other guys. Does does that answer the question? 
for you. Yeah, I think I think that symmetry to uh, muscularity really helps define that because yeah. in my head, I, I can even think of people at that show yeah. who I think could have placed higher in like the yeah. muscularity round and they were very good in symmetry and they maybe would have placed even higher, but they had more to, to come off. And likewise, people who are completely shredded, but they kind of lack on that slight kind of yeah. symmetry. So that's why we're ultimately using both to find the best out like overall bodybuilder not the most shredded or the most symmetrical it's kind of like everything i i yeah. think oh sorry go on sir no i was just going to add a point there about that's where certain sort of having coherency across your judging panel of understanding the criteria and the divisions of that particular federation is really key and that's something i mean obviously we did with you steve before you before you came and judged getting all the judges on a training and really kind of just going through the rounds and what they mean and what we're looking for. Um, because it is a subjective sport. All of you individual judges are going to be looking at that round independently and making your own assessment of what that criteria means to you. And there is an element of individuality that needs to come across the panel. Otherwise, you'd all just be looking at each other's sheets saying the same thing, right? Yeah. So that there's got that there is a subjective quality to it, but there has to be coherency of what the judges together as a group are actually physically looking for for that fed. And so that's something we've been trying to really make sure we do because we're we're welcoming fresh blood into the judging panel. It's important to keep it fresh and current to have people like yourself who are very, very, you know, passionate about the sport, who look at this every day from your own perspective as well, but then have that clear criteria of KWMF UK division one two three four five six are looking for x are do we all understand what that means great individually do you feel like you can judge those classes now and then bring your own you know independent decision making into the next one when it comes down to it so i think that's important for the subjectivity as well to be established correctly if that makes sense yeah, yeah it's like subjective within a, a tight range yeah. <laughs> like yeah, very yeah. tight I mean, range objective criteria um, yeah. What was the thing I was going to say? Oh, yeah, come back to your point. There's there's always that apples and oranges element, though, isn't there? You always do still get the guy who's, okay, his symmetry's not great, but he's got slabs of muscles and he's ripped versus the other guy who has good symmetry. He's also ripped, but maybe he's not quite as big or whatever. And and that sometimes comes down to just the, the judge's own personal preference at at the end of the day and that's why again it's hard to get that can a perfect score because sometimes the judge just likes something a little bit different his yeah. idea of the perfect physique is a little bit different um against that um objective criteria if that makes sense yeah and i guess actually it's just throwing up a, a thought i think it's along yeah. the same lines and sorry i'm driving this towards more body no, no, cool. in terms of a um like in the overall, very often if you if you have a good heavyweight bodybuilder, or yeah. I guess maybe it would be tall, and most of the time yeah. if they're heavyweight, they're going to be the biggest. They often are going to be winning the overall. Uh, I, I think it was actually the short that won it at the WBF yeah. first time is in the end. Uh, do you think that's... That's not the norm though, you're right. No. Do you think it is just because at that point, like you said, everyone who's in the overall, typically they're coming with that level of condition that's almost like there's apples there's very small margins between them and then the taller or the heavyweight competitor is just they're carrying that much more muscle mass than the others if there's then also having the symmetry do you think that's why that bodybuilder tends to take it i i think so i i think you're right there um maybe it's something to do with just or, or let me track back i'm watching bodybuilding shows and competing in them 
for the last 15, 16 years and think looking at British finals. I can't remember the last time like the lightweight guy won. It's always either the middleweight or the heavyweight usually that, that takes the title. So back up what you're saying. And people always said this about Sean Ray. If Sean Ray was like, say, five foot nine rather than five foot five, he probably would have won the Olympia um, a, a few times. But I, I think the bigger guys very often, the stature just overpowers the the, the shorter guys. And, and that's what often does it. And people remember always sort of say like a good big guy will beat a great little guy. And that's a sort of common cliche you see in bodybuilding. Um, I think that the stature just overpowered them they make, and they look bigger. And that's yeah. what the, the bias tends to be towards. But on, on this occasion, Leo, who uh, who looked amazing, Leo Lewis, if I said that Leon, right. Yeah. The, um, Leon, yeah. Leon Luzu? 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 I mean, I've got it right <laughs> here. And I'm so... going to say Leon Luzu. Call me out, Leon, if that's wrong. <laughs> But yeah, he he brought a great package. He he posed well. He brought everything, and uh, he had that dense sort of muscle. That the lightweight competitor I want to see this year is a guy called Steve McDonald. I'm sure you've seen Steve McDonald. <laughs> he's, he's phenomenal. Um, I think he could win a, a British title yeah. this year as an overall, um, just because his symmetry is fantastic, and he's got a, a good amount of, of muscle mass. He would be the guy I would be looking at, thinking he could you could really win this year and, and go against the grain with that smaller guy beating the taller guy. I know. Uh, oh, no, go for it, Steve. I was just going to say the uh, the guy that won the tall bodybuilding class. He actually didn't make it to the overall. Oh so yeah, yeah. I, I wonder if he, he had gone. He was, my <laughs> he was huge. Biggest... So that I was um, that was Olatunji Sassy. Shout out to, to yeah, basically Abraham Abraham Olatunji Sassy Abraham Sassy on uh, on Instagram, but. I think if he'd come back for the overall, he would have been a serious challenger. There's no yeah, doubt about yeah. that. He was extremely he impressive was on the day. Um, tons of muscle, great size, lovely conditioning. It was so impressive. I mean, for a first time, first timer completely, to bring that size and, and conditioning was pretty special. So, yeah, we'll hopefully be seeing him again. I remember yeah. you said to me, Steve, you're like, Andy, these guys are first timers. I was like, I don't know. <laughs> I was like, he's an alien from another planet, this guy. This doesn't, this doesn't make yeah. sense. <laughs> Sorry, Steph, you were going to say something. No, no, that, you you were, you were on my way. Uh, I was on the same track about Abraham. I mean, he was absolutely cool. phenomenal. Yeah, um, brilliant, brilliant competitor. And yeah, I think if, going back to your argument about um, usually, you know, sort of a middle or tall or, you know, heavyweight, obviously taking it is, it is usually the way, isn't it? It's just in terms of just yeah. how much bigger the size on the frame is. It's very hard to contend with that. But, um, no, he was a phenomenal competitor for a first time show for, for sure. So good, uh, good uh, sort of potential there to throw into the mix, no doubt. Yeah, for sure. And uh, actually, it's this is a slight side jump, but I just wanted to bring it back because there had been, I don't know if you guys have heard it, but there was like some discussion surrounding natural bodybuilding being dead. So <laughs> it was, it was, it just reminded me right at the start when you guys said, and, and when this topic came up, I was first thinking about your show and the first time was how it sold out. And there was, I think, over 150 competitors. So it's so great to see that. And for me, at least it's lessons for natural bodybuilding and other federations and things to learn maybe from what you guys are doing because I think you're generating excitement and you're bringing out first timers like this like yeah. to me like I said that's a like there were phenomenal first timers there like many of them who are likely to go pro in in years to come so mm -hmm. like it, it to me was like oh, I didn't feel dead at all <laughs> yeah, I know I'm, I'm gonna call out Sam right now by the way because it was Sam that said this Sam Kuno I, I can never pronounce it 
Samuel Akunaluya. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I can never pronounce it. Sam, next year I want to do a pro show. You come and do the pro show, right? <laughs> you come and do the pro show. I, I want you there. Um, I was backstage with him actually at the uh, the Worlds, I remember, in 2019. And we, we seemed to get on all right. He was a nice guy uh, from there. I think he put that out more to sort of get a rise out of people yeah. rather than, than anything else. But no, it's it's not dead. Like we've we'd run a great big event. Um, I think the scene's very different in America. Uh, compared to what it is over over here in yeah. the, the UK and in, in Europe, and your I see you nodding along there to sort of realizing that. But um, yeah, man, come, Sam, come across and do the show. Love to have you there. Put your uh, put your money where your mouth is, and let's see if you can <laughs> hang with uh, the European guys. <laughs> yeah, was, Sam, was, Sam is a great guy. Yeah, um, I mean, it was a really interesting debate. I know it was yeah. it got pretty heavy in the comments on on that one, and then who was it that responded? Um, well, I've forgotten his name now. Not Chris Barakat? Chris, or... Yeah, Chris Barakat. Oh, yeah, yeah. And good on he, Chris as well. Yeah, he sort of did a, a response to that and did a bit of a medley of through the years, didn't he? And and sort of talked about it. And I thought that was quite nice as a sort of counteraction point as well. And just, it's good. This The thing is, is by pe- more people talking about it. And I think I see it as our responsibility as Federation heads to just educate so much more about natural bodybuilding, what's available, the opportunities that come with it. Um, and I, I think it's us, it's us that need to really continue those conversations. Um, otherwise, you do risk the community, you know, not not discussing it and being objective and fair and the sort of all the different viewpoints that come with it and mm. celebrating what's gone. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, for sure. So actually, something I wanted to draw to was you mentioned um, that the judges go through some sort of like education Mm-hmm. And I wanted to t- ask you guys kind of how you go about selecting judges or yeah, how you guys went about that process because I think the audience will find that interesting. And then what that next step also looked like. Like you didn't just go, hey, Steve, do you want to judge? And then I sit on the panel and just like go at it. There was more to it. Yeah. Let, let me tell you some experience from previous judging. I, I turned up at show in the past, first time I ever judged. I was just given a score sheet and go, there you go, right? Okay. <laughs> Never seen a score sheet in my life, right? <laughs> so that that was my introduction to judging. Uh, I think Deep I did end. one contest and then I wasn't asked back for like an hour or two years. I obviously <laughs> probably made an arse of it. <laughs> Since then, I think I, I must have judged 60 odd shows. Who knows? Um, but I've judged a lot and I've judged world finals as well. And and I hopefully will be judging more world championships in, in the future and, and more shows. Um, so that that's the sort of the norm, I, I think, with a lot of things. Uh, for us in terms of selecting judges, do you know what? We, we had a really hard time getting judges last year for our events um people just didn't want to speak to us guys that i'd known for a very long time uh, in the industry that i thought had a lot of clout and things like that they just like andy i don't want anything to do with us they just they were washing their hairs that day or, or something like that because they just didn't want to upset other people which i thought was a a real shame but you know what uh, it was what it was but thankfully i managed to pull on a lot of people that i'd known in the, the industry down the years that i judged in the past that um i was able to bring on board and uh, and ask to help out and judge so like we had gus fisher last year very experienced judge done a lot of shows in the past we had like adrian gray from pca he came over and supported us very experienced judge christian Kerr done a lot of stuff for the mpa so we had a panel but at the same time you have to bring in new judges fresh eyes um i mean i said on a podcast before um like look you this is like 2022. You can't, and, and bodybuilding is very different. You can't still have the, the same bald heads and gray hair that have been doing it for, for 
25 years or 30 years that have got a very old school idea of what judging actually is and what bodybuilding is. So you've got to bring new people into the sport. They deserve the opportunities as well. Like they've been around, they know the stuff that they're talking about. They, they've seen it. So um, it was a case of getting new judges in and the people that we selected were, well, they have to be respected by their peers first and foremost, because you don't want to go out and get judged by someone who hasn't really done anything themselves. That's just human nature, I think, from there. So all our judges that we had on our, our panel were either British champions or competed at world levels or, or things like that. So I think that was a good sort of starting place to, to get your judges. People that have been around for a, a while as a, as well. I thought it was important that we have a diverse panel. So you've got to have males and females there. Yeah, you have to have that um, on your panel as well at the, the same time. Uh, so that was a, a criteria from uh, from there. And we have to have people from different classes too. Like I know if I'm like a, a bodybuilder, I'd rather be judged by a bodybuilder. That's just how I am. If I'm a men's physique athlete, I want to be judged probably by guys who are men's physique athletes. And if I'm a figure competitor, I want to have some figure competitors judging me as well. So there's a whole bunch of things coming in place there that are going to help me try and select the criteria because we want the people that are being on stage to feel like it's fair. Yeah, and that they're being judged by people that they can relate to as well at the same time. Does that make sense? It, it makes tons of sense. Uh, yeah. I don't think I've, if I've ever really thought about it as deeply as a competitor before, but mm -hmm. I think, and I don't know how many competitors really think about the judges and kind of like we've said, like and what they're doing and scoring on. But that sounds like if I, to me, if other federations aren't taking that approach, it seems yeah. short-sighted to me to not have that because the whole point of having several judges is to kind of have that, like bring all the scores together yeah, so you get course. the best overall. Right. And so you need diversity within that scoring yeah. too. Otherwise like yeah. you do just get a very dogmatic or not dogmatic necessarily, but one way of thinking, whereas you need more eyes. Yeah. And that's really important that you have, you might not necessarily always have the same panel every single time, every single show. I think that's important as well, that you have a mix of different people that you're able to to call on. Um, I think generally some of the kind of comments you often hear from competitors and PCA do a good job of sort of saying this before they start their shows, but everyone's everyone who sits in the audience likes to have their opinion, right? So, you know, come and judge. If you want to have that goal of having having a go on the judging panel, it's something really important to do because you hear a lot of comments like, oh, that judge so-and-so has three like athletes in the show and it's prejudice or it's this or it's that. And it's it's really short-sighted. Um, and we do our best, obviously, with being really, really, you know, uh, honest and fair in terms of taking judges out or pulling judges back in, depending on who has what in which class but at the end of the day there's a level of honesty to this game on that panel and we wouldn't be selecting people unless we were providing a fair objective panel to actually judge fairly so I think the the kind of average comments you get every show they're sometimes quite challenging but what do you what what can you say you know just give you give somebody the opportunity to judge and see how how this actually works uh, and then those sorts of things can be quashed but you're always going to get those comments <laughs> I mean, I would put a call just now. I would love to get more judges as well, by the way. So if there's people listening to this that are thinking, you know, I could give a shot at that, then if they meet the, the criteria and I think they're they're viable, then yeah, why, why not? Because we always need them because we're all volunteers basically doing this. So I can't always get people. So there's always needs to be people to to fill the shoes from there. And over time, we'll build up a bigger bank of, 
of people. Um, coming round to the, the training of uh, people. So I got everyone on a call. So I had all my judges there. And then we all had a big chat and all that. Because one of the criteria has got to be as well, like, do you all get on with each other? Right? Because you've got to be team players. Yeah. So that that's the start. And uh, and one of the great things for for that the call like that was immediately I was able to think work out right okay who can use our initiative who's able to uh, to think on their feet uh, and is is able to talk and is mature and things like that as as well because um, I'd rather have those sort of characters necessarily than um, I'm not saying that I uh, they have to be extroverts and then not at all not at all because extroverts introverts bring bring their own sort of skills in there but. Having that maturity, I think, is is important um, about it. So we got all the guys on the, on a on a call, and then we just trained them. So we did a a whole workshop with them on this, this is the criteria, like the one that I ran through with with yourself. Um, this is what the scores look like. This is how it all comes out. This is what the expectations are of you. And um, here's all of the criteria. I need you to go away, have a look at this, uh, read it all in your own time, and then I produced additional videos. For uh, for the judges, which I sent you all as well on the, the criteria to, to bring you all up to speed, and then you'll be familiar as well with them um, the, the email that I sent you all uh, this week, and I showed you all the scores so that you can all do now reflective practice on okay, well this is where I think it should have gone here, and this is where it should have gone there from uh, from there. So it's a constant process of of training against the the criteria. It's not just a case of the the old days where you just get given the sheet and then that's that's it there. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and, and I'll be I, reviewing the judges as well. Everyone did a good job, though. I, I yeah. Hi, guys. Steve here. Just wanted to take a moment of your time to remind you of our online coaching service. At Revive Stronger, we pride ourselves on providing personalized service that will take your physique and knowledge to the next level. If you're interested, check the description and sign up. Yes. Yeah, to be fair, like I think that's a good thing to introduce as well. It's not like um, the judges, like as a, like it was. I don't. I didn't expect necessarily to be reviewed as a judge, but it it was good. In well, unless I did really terribly, but I guess you you, you guys would let that judge know if they weren't kind of scoring appropriately because it's not like oh you pick this person you train them and then they're just in like mm. you said Steph like you want to rotate different people in and out I think that makes sense as well yeah. um, from the judging panel and obviously you don't want to just have any old person though like you are yeah. reviewing it and if yeah. I don't know if they aren't being objective or I don't know you see that maybe it was someone who had people in uh, sorry they had clients in the class and they were like being sneaky with their scoring whatever for whatever reason you can quickly pull those people out and not have them in there so yeah, it, I mean, there's a lot of work going into it is partly what I'm trying to say. <laughs> there is. There's so much that goes into it. And the, the, at the essence of everything that we do is integrity and, and fairness. And I think that's why, you know, when you get a hurt loser or somebody who's, you know, maybe not taking a top three and they run away and they're like, I should have won. And then all their friends and family are telling them they should have won. And, and, you know, we see all this kind of thing before. So a lot of it's naivety at the end of the day. And we'll you know you probably saw a lot of what Andrew put out about some upset competitors didn't maybe get the placing that they wanted in a particular um class or whatnot and a lot of it's just down to unfortunately and this is where we also have to reflect as coaches it's not setting um competitors up turns it up for false expectations either and um, you can't you can't be telling well this is just my personal opinion but you, you know you can't really be saying to your clients you're going to win you're going to win you're going to win at the end of the day it's a competition and if that result doesn't come in then there's a reflection process we all have to go through but some of these some competitors will learn that 
a slightly different way, maybe having to go through quite an uncomfortable process like this, where they get told you maybe weren't the best on that day. And here's the actual reasons why. And Andrew has had to have a couple of calls with competitors to physically show them the cards and say, you know, this isn't a case of I've made the call. There's eight to 10 judges on this panel, each with their own individual viewpoint. And here are the, here are the scorecards and this is the layout. Um, and and that's just the nature of, of bodybuilding. It's the nature of sport. Um, and then we all have to individually go, go away and get get better essentially but it, it is something you come up against um and I see a lot of I, I suppose from putting on the first time or a novice event there's a lot of new cl- athletes coming in and I don't want to put everyone in the same pool but I'm probably generalizing but there's a lot of entitlement you know that's kind of expecting that they need to be winning their first ever show and it's well if you've got a class of, of 20 people on stage 19 of those people aren't going to win that particular class. So, you know, there's a lot of lessons that need to be learned. And I think a reminding of a humbleness of the sport and that everyone's on the stage doing the same thing that you've done to be there. And on the day, only, you know, five or six people can place. And that's the nature of competition. People have to be ready for that and respect the judging process. I think that's so incredibly well said. I couldn't say it any better. I think uh, yeah. I absolutely agree with you from a coaching perspective. Like you can't, I mean, it's building someone up like that is like building them up for failure in, in many ways. And uh, you have to build confidence. Well, I think you build confidence in your clients in other ways versus just saying, yeah. oh, you're you're bound to win and what have you. Because like, yeah, yeah I mean, you just never know who's going to turn up on the day. And again, you, you don't know how things are going to going to ride on the day either. And yeah. you could have worked harder than anyone else you don't know uh but it's not just hard work it's everything that goes into that too so you have to draw i i think drawing this is what i've had to learn anyway as someone who hasn't who's slowly climbed the ranks to do okay uh is to l- love the process and, and what yeah. that brings and not judge yourself by like did i win or not because years down the line you'll f- probably forget that anyway so i think yeah very very well said yeah, <laughs> I totally agree um to to add to that I always find, I heard this analogy of like football managers I thought was great. And it was like, okay, not getting too overhyped if they won and getting so excited and getting over G'd and then not getting too disappointed if they lost to have that so that the emotional swings weren't too high. So sort of trying to keep that balance always what was kind of important. And I think that's a, a good sporting way to sort of think about going in for, for competitions. I mean, some of those classes are stacked, man. You, you yeah, see that. And I would rather be like placing fifth or, or fourth or, or whatever and like a really stacked class than like taking an easy win because you're going you're gonna to get way more from that and yeah. uh, way more of a, a balanced uh, perspective on, on where you actually stand from there. And the first time is it's, I mean, my coach Dave always says this, it's a free hit. Like your first ever one, you, do, you don't know where you are. Like you don't know where you are. So if you get something out of it, then, uh, then it's amazing. And if you don't get anything out of it, like a, a, a win, then, well, look, it's a free hit anyway, because you didn't know where you stand. But after that point, you can kind of see, okay, this is where I stand compared to my, my peers. And that's why it's good to be in competitive uh, classes. So a question for you then, Steve. Okay. <laughs> Would you do it again? Uh, <laughs> the next one is, um, I mean, has it changed your perspective forever on bodybuilding? <laughs> so i would definitely do it again uh, whilst you said like it, it definitely was a stressful and like 
it isn't like a, I don't know, you don't just, it's not a relaxing thing to do. Like it's like almost like an exam, essentially. Yeah. Uh, that's how I, and- Honestly, Steve, it gets easier, honestly. <laughs> and it gets more enjoyable. The more you do it, the quicker you get at being able to do it. And I, I felt that even through the day, it definitely got like that. But yeah. it was, it's so rewarding because I've been on stage and I've had those yeah. emotions. So everyone from the people at the back of the stage who are congratulating the winners to the people who are winning and the emotions coming through, that's a special feeling that I even got yeah. from that. that yeah. I just, I don't know. It's just something incredibly rewarding about that. And also I think it makes me a, a better, like I, bodybuilding is such a large part of my life now to take mm-hmm. it to the point of judging as well as like that next step mm-hmm. as well. And I just, I love everything about that yeah. like aspect. So yeah, I definitely do it again, even though it, yeah, it's, I don't think, I can imagine it not being for everyone for that reason, because it is quite tough. Mm-hmm. I, I think it definitely makes, I mean, you coach a lot of guys. It'll make you a way better coach. I, I've no doubt having that experience from there. You just see things completely differently. And like I said right at the start of the episode, you spot differences in shows. Because now when you see results, you're like, ah, well, they're, they're judging something differently than the criteria that I was maybe going up against. And it makes you more conscious of, uh, of that. Um, one thing you talked about was the call-outs. And I, I don't yep. know if you want me to go into that at all. Yeah, for sure. So I think uh, like uh, people who have been at shows, they probably, went, especially when, you, well, when you're in a bigger class, obviously I guess a call-out has to happen when you're in a bigger class. We have like four, first call-outs. A lot of people will have heard that. Yeah. And generally it's seen as a very positive thing. But I think it would be interesting for the listeners to hear kind of how does the first call-outs get decided and what does it mean exactly? Okay, so we did this different by the way, this again, why I thought I'd bring this up, compared to what you probably normally see. So like if we take a class which had, um, let's go a nice easy number, 14 in it. Everyone walked out on stage and then we brought the first seven forwards. So that's essentially the first call out, but that didn't mean that actually they were the top seven athletes in the show. And I think some people get confused sometimes because they think, oh yes, but they feel they sort of just think about it practically in terms of how we're judging it, yeah? So the first seven came out and then the next seven came out. And what I was hoping for was that my judges sitting beside me while I was holding the microphone calling these things were going to give me some numbers of who they thought were the best athletes in the call. Um, now, some organizations will call them based on who they think is first. That guy that comes out first, that stands right in the middle, he, that's normally the person you're going to look at. Yeah. And that's normally the case. But I think we just sort of called them a number order. <laughs> so it was like, one, two, three, four, five. So number one wasn't necessarily winning. He was just the first one that had been handed to me on the on the sheets. And then at that point, what we're trying to do is we're trying to sift through, okay, right, who are the best guys here between the, the ones that we called out first? And then we send them back and then we've got our second call out where you're trying to work out, okay, right, who did we miss from that first call out that maybe could have made it into that first row of five guys? And then we send them all back. Yeah. And then it's probably that third call out. That's the one you really want to be in. Yeah. If it's getting judged like that, because if you're in that one, then you're probably in contention for that top five spot because the judges have decided, right, okay, we like the guys from that second lineup that made it in there. The guys from the first lineup, there was maybe a one or two of them. Maybe we made a mistake and we we didn't want him in in there. Or maybe there was someone at the back that started slowly and they didn't really have that... um, that wow factor initially on stage and we and we missed them from there. So if you can be in that sort of third call out, then that really sort of helps you. Um, 
typically when you're getting moved around, you're getting compared from the judges next to your guy that's standing next to you. That means that's probably who you're closest to to being. And then again, it is in general. Usually the person in the middle is is often the one that's probably doing doing the best. And sometimes you'll take the best guys, and this happened. And we're like, right, okay, we've decided. We know who number one and two are. Let's put them back in the lineup and bring some guys forward from the back. And then you've got a different five guys. And those guys that are left in that lineup might be thinking, right, now we're the best. But they've not twigged the fact that, okay, actually, this is now for third place. And stuff like that happens as as well. Or you might take the first place guy and just put him at the end. It's like, right, now we need to focus on these guys. So there, there's a lot of stuff. Again, this is probably one of these things where written down, it looks a little bit better and so on. But you probably spotted it. Like some of the best guys getting sent to the back and guys coming from the front thing. Right, I'm winning now. And you're like, no, unfortunately, sorry. Not everyone could be a winner. This is us trying to work out who's fourth and fifth uh, from there. Is that a, an overview? Or do you want to add anything to that, Steph? No, I was just going to say a, a good example in our particular show um, was the figure class? It was the first oh, yeah, time, and the winner, uh, Vicky. She, I don't think even got a full call out, but she was the standout winner of the class. The the the, the uh, competitors all came out. We split them into two groups. We looked at group one and looked at group two. She actually didn't come forward for a call out at all, um, but she ended up winning. And it was just you know obviously from the get go, it was just a clear cut. There's the there's where we're at with our number one. So that sort of example there, you can have a, a competitor who's very good standing and waiting on the lines for a call for a very long period of time and actually then going off and second guessing, actually, maybe I've not done well at all. And that's sort of the flip side of the call outs. People put a lot of weight on the call outs. I got first call out, I got second call out. You know, they put a lot of weight on that. But it doesn't always mean what you think it does. So it's just to be, again, just um, mindful that you just, mm got to take what the call-outs are, listen very carefully and do what you can. And and yeah, it will all transpire hopefully the right way in the end. If, if you're getting a lot of call-outs, it usually means you're getting looked at mm-hmm. for a place and it's tight for a yeah. as well. Equally, yeah. you can really tell a show if you go and watch one or something like that where they're not really judging it that much. If they just go symmetry, send them around once, then go straight to muscularity, and then they just go around once and then they, they make their mind up. They're not giving people I think a fair shot of of mm. judging and really being able to show themselves off to to the best and I think we did a really good job of giving everyone a chance to sort of show their best but at the end of the day we, we still have to pick a winner and find out who the best people are yeah no yeah I, yeah, I was, I was just gonna say, say yeah, let me go Steve I was just saying, I agree. I think you guys did a good job of moving people around plenty. And because even there's judges on the right, there's judges on the left. So you've got to move them around at some point to be able to be seen. But I've definitely been to shows and been on stage and barely moved around. And I'm just like, you feel a bit ripped off as a competitor when that happens. You you didn't really get to look at me versus this person or what have you. So uh, that's that's quite sad. But also, I think it's a good point. Sorry. I was just going to say, sorry to interrupt, Steve. That's so important. Like, I don't want the guys that are putting all the work and all the girls putting work to feel like they didn't even get a chance. And like, you do feel a little bit hard done by. You put all that work in. You want to get at least a call it and get a chance to be compared. Yeah. And I think it's important because it's like you said, and I think it's important as a competitor also to realize, especially when you're in a big class, 
to come out with energy and don't kind of just be like, I don't know, moping, especially in like something like men's physique or bikini, like where that kind of component is even more of a driving factor maybe. And then Mm -hmm. traditionally big classes because you could get lost uh, and like you're not always, yeah. So, but it's, it's a good reminder for people to hear that, where you get called out and everything you can't be sure where that is and so yeah. you carry those nerves into the evening show <laughs> and where, where you have the opportunity to do a split show and i know a lot of them aren't like that now that's that's what i love about a split show what i love about the prejudging and uh evening it allows tension. yeah but it allows those initial nerves to drop off when you come back out in the evening show we we can see such dramatic changes in people's physiques just from that two hours or three hours between the time that you've seen in the morning show and so it really does when you're talking about ties it can totally make or break somebody's position and some people really you know dr- drop that kind of you know filmy fluid just from nerve dropping cortisol dro- awesome. dropping come back and literally they're popping you know they're really tight really strong and you just go oh my god you know where was this condition earlier on and then the opposite can happen as well someone might go away and blow blow their diet in the mid you know, <laughs> yeah, the you know and then come back and you know what happened there like they're fully you know they're waterlogged and they've they've gone the opposite way so it, it can it can really it's a really interesting uh structure i love the structure that's why we we went with it just because it really does give people a more time on stage b the opportunity to really showcase themselves in two very different distinct ways prejudging is that serious element it's it's really about focusing on every single round uh to the best of your ability and then that evening is that more showmanship where you have that time on your own where you can really show the flow and energy and presentation of the physique um so yeah it's not it's nice it's good for competitors to be able to feel both and get something different from both elements from the sh- from the show as well. Steve, I've, I've got another question for you. Um, okay. How much as a factor do you think, or did it play in your head about just likability of a person on stage playing your your decision making to just even look at them on stage? So it's an interesting question. I think it's something yeah. I tried to not do like i tried to be more objective about it but we were talking off air about how you have these subconscious things that flow through your head and so there was even some competitors who i recognized like their faces from like online or whatever and so i was trying to just be like stop like trying to be as objective as possible about those things so um i like to say that it, it didn't but uh, I guess there are things that people do on stage where I'm like, oh, I wish you really didn't do that. Or like some people, more of maybe if someone wasn't looking very pleased to be there or like yeah, a yeah. downbeat, like that sort of thing, it just, it, it doesn't help them for sure. No, it definitely uh, doesn't. It, it, it definitely doesn't. Yeah. So as much as I, I tried not to let any of that happen, but I guess sometimes it can eke into it. And again, particularly in like bikini or men's physique where they do need that kind of like energy on stage where it's quite important. If, if they don't have that, yeah, it can be quite hard to be very positive about your scoring of that individual, I think. Yeah, of course. I, I often say this to, to people. I was like, the bodybuilding element is, is often a, a look at me, grab, my, grab your attention sort of stuff. And if you take two people and one looks miserable and one has really got a lot of energy, then you, you just can't help but look at their physique sometimes more, more so than the other person. And if it's close between people and you're thinking this person's got more energy, better presence, you're just drawn naturally to, to that person. And that's, I think, a bias as a human being, which is very difficult to 
to overcome some things. So I, I think it's an important element. You have to sort of smile. You have to be happy to, to yeah. be there. And you have to watch your facial expressions because I've, I've seen it. Guys come out, look great, miss the first or second call it, and their face just drops and all their energy just disappears from yeah. you. Oh, watching it from the audience, if I was a judge, about it, I, well, I wouldn't be happy with it because I think it looks, it seems unsporting. Yeah. Yeah. Star. So you, you and you, the last thing you want to do is irritate the judges because again, they're, they're only human. Yeah. Do you think you can take it too far with the energy? <laughs> yes. yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, there could be the complete there was one that did. <laughs> <laughs> just need to take it down just a wee yeah. bit. You know? <laughs> There's yeah. that sweet spot. <laughs> there, is, there is totally a sweet spot because you can you can do overkill. You know, you, do, you don't want to be like almost, you know, just too energetic on stage because it can be distracting to your physique. Yeah. It can be completely distracting. You know, it's a, a typical example um, and I see this in sort of posing coaching all the time is, you know, where the, an- the arm is constantly moving oh, yeah. and is constantly moving or you're just, you know, you're you're constantly resetting the pose, although you've set yeah. it, you, you might be in front relaxed and then you reset it again and then you reset it again. And it's just thing, little things like that is it can be really distracting and it can be it can go against you because you're you're trying to see a physique still statuesque to be yeah. able to judge it and if it's too much it can yeah it can be overkill um so yeah definitely sweet spot yeah. <laughs> guys i don't know if you have anything else you particularly want to say or if you want to remind the guys of when the supernaturals is uh, coming up in october but we've been speaking for an hour and i know you probably have things to do and i want to say thank you for doing this because i think it's been great and Thanks, i'm sure a lot of people are taking a lot from it yeah, thanks, Steve. So, yeah, for those of you, we just dropped a very exciting video of the the show just gone uh, on the Instagram page, which um, gives you a snapshot into what's to come at the Supernaturals on the 9th of October in uh, Birmingham. And we're looking forward to that. Yeah, again, this is Supernaturals 2.0. We're calling, calling it here, second year uh, running, and we're expecting, well, we've already got a fantastic lineup of athletes ready for the show and more coming in every day. It's going to be an awesome event uh, again and one to celebrate at the end of the year. This is a pro qualifier and a, uh, a world invite competition as well. So we're looking for... Um, well, we will be inviting our top two athletes in every class to the world finals. Um, and we will also be awarding pro cards to those who are of the standard that we, we believe are worthy of that on the day. So we're very much looking forward to that. Uh, so get that one in your diaries. And this is, I should say, an open show, meaning that it is open to all competitors at this time. Um, we aren't a qualifier federation at this point. So this is an open international championships so we're looking forward to celebrating natural bodybuilding again in october cool and can i just plug the fact that we have spent this year i think approaching five thousand pounds on drug testing so like something we take seriously we're into natural bodybuilding because we believe in that the values and everything like that alongside um what bodybuilding offers but also that sort of natural healthy lifestyle that we we believe in so yeah, we're, we're all about making sure our athletes are, are tested and that it's a fair sport for everyone to uh, take part in. So uh, we'll hopefully see you there at the Supernaturals um, 2.0. Let's, uh, let's do it. Show me what you've sure. guys and girls. 
thank you so much guys i mean that that's incredible that you're doing all that testing because you're right it's like why do we do natural bodybuilding because i mean yeah. it's the tested side so uh we need to make sure that it's nice and clean there so yeah guys thank you so much for coming on uh make sure you're following pro prep you're also following the WMBF uk i'll make sure you've i've got their kind of bios linked below and yeah we'll catch you on the next one cheers guys take care thanks So I'm Steve Hall, founder of Revive Stronger and a coach of Revive Stronger. My name is Pascal Floor. I'm the co-owner of Revive Stronger and also a coach, of course. Revive Stronger has probably been going solidly for three years, probably roughly about three years. Revive Stronger, to me, it is becoming kind of my child, my foster child. It's the gathering and getting together of like-minded people. We've been expanding the coaching team, which is helping us help more people. Uh, but each coach can only help a certain number of people. Right now, it's all over the place. We have YouTube, we have Facebook, we have Instagram, but there isn't that community aspect behind that. And so the next step for us is developing a membership site. So basically, we want to create a family and a community that is then benefiting from another. A really cool community for people within our little niche is going to be a website. They will get early access to our podcast. You can access us, ask us questions, the community aspect. We have a forum there. You can ask questions, but also you can you can log your journey. There's also going to be courses on there, courses, presentations on different topics. Discount of past seminar footage. We will log our journey as well. We'll start vlogging. We're going to have documentaries, our entire athletic journey. Furthermore, they get access to an exercise video library. The exercises that we love for hypertrophy and maximizing hypertrophy, we're going to go through those in depth, telling you how to execute them. We cap them concise and also mobile friendly so that you can watch them in between your sets. I'm super excited to grow this community. The amount of value that we're going to be delivering is huge. And I'd love you to be part of it. You will get so much out of that. I'll see you inside.